you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Master Plan. I'm your host, Michael Filipkowski, and today we are covering the Euros 2020. We're doing a preview of the finals, Italy versus England. And yes, I have already recorded this episode, but I am recording it again because I'm having a lot of problems with uh, my recording software. So this is the second time. So... Hopefully, I get to everything that I mentioned the first time. Um, we shall see. Um, oh, sorry. It's just not the best thing to have things get deleted like that. It, it definitely sucks. But we push forward. We'll do it again. It doesn't matter. The Euros 2020 bracket. When you looked at this, when we got to the round of 16... We saw that the right side of the bracket, and, 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 and you know, maybe for you it's not the right side, but for me, looking at it, the side with England, the side with the Netherlands, the side with Germany, looked to be far weaker than the left side. Belgium, Portugal, Italy, France, and Spain. Teams that really are very, very good. And we knew that England definitely had a shot at making it to the finals given the weaker bracket. The Netherlands lost and they beat Germany. So they knocked out the really good teams. After the the first round, it was Ukraine, Czech Republic, and Denmark compared to Belgium, Italy, Switzerland, and Spain. Those are different levels of competition. And we knew that England should get to the finals, which they did. And I thought I figured that the winner of the Belgium-Italy game would get to the finals, which happened. It was Italy. I thought Belgium would win. It was Italy. That's what happened. Um, and, 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 you know, let's, let's go over kind of these, these, these rounds. Um, you know, Italy in their first game, again. It was, it was, it was, it was against an Austria team, which, which, I personally do not think to be very, very strong, right? And it was a very close game that went to extra time. Italy ended up winning, yes. But it was 0-0 after 90. And Italy, I felt, that did not play this Austria game very, very well. They did win it, but it felt like there were a lot of missed opportunities. It felt like there was much to be desired with this Italy team, given how masterfully they had played this tournament up to this point. The group stages for them were spectacular. And the way they played Austria was quite disappointing and quite surprising to me. Because I would have expected far better 
from this Italy team than this. But alas, it's not what we got. England, on the other hand, took down Germany in, in, in honestly a solid game. They didn't, it was 2-0. They didn't let up any goals. In the 75th minute, Sterling scored, then Kane scored. Very solid game played by Italy. The German team was good. It was not great. Italy did what they need, or England did what they needed to do to win this game. They played very, very well. They did. It was a strong game. It was a good game by England. And, you know, you know, there's not really not much to say. I think that there's been a lot of Germany's definitely taken a step backwards. This is not the team where Mario Gotzi put one past in, in, in the in the World Cup and in, in whatever it was, 2014 to win. This isn't that German machine team with Muller and Kroos. It's all on the team, but it's not the same. It's not the same team as it was. I think that this is an end of an era in German football, and I think we look to a new era in German football starting up soon. But England played very, very well, and nothing to take away from them. This Belgium-Italy matchup, I personally wanted to see for the finals. I mean, I figured that this would be a great matchup, and it was. All three goals occurred in the first half. Italy scoring twice, Belgium scoring just once on a Lukaku penalty. Chiesa, really one of the stars for Italy throughout this tournament. But the team itself has played very, very well. You know, Donnarama, Chiliani, Banucci, Spinazzola, Di Lorenzo, Giorginho, Verratti, Barella, Immobile, Insigne, Chiesa, or Chiesa. Very, very good players. But I did think Belgium would win this team, or win this game. Hazard, Thorgan. Maybe Eden would play. Maybe he wouldn't. Kevin De Bruyne. Roman Lou Lukaku. Theobald Courtois. Very, very strong Belgium team. The golden age of Belgian football. But no, nothing to really show for it. They have one more tournament, the 2022 FIFA World Cup. I think after that, I think we've really turned a chapter. We've really closed the book on this Belgian national team being special. Because they lost this game. They did. They had chances. But they were simply outplayed by an Italian team who were, I figured, to be much stronger. They looked much stronger. And rightfully so, they won this game. And rightfully so, they proved me wrong. Like, like, like they, they definitely proved me wrong. I did not think that Italy would win this game. They ended up winning this game. They were the better team. And, and there's really not much to say. They closed it out in the second half. The way that Jorginho moves the ball from the defense to the offense, the machine... Is very, very efficient. Jorginho is the gear that changes everything. And Italy played this game very, very well against Belgium and deserved to win it by the way they played. England, on the other hand, faces Ukraine, a, a much weaker opponent. They did beat Sweden, but both these teams were very considered to be pretty weak. Group E was not exactly spectacular um, in, in any sort of sense. I, I, I think that has to be... Uh, acknowledged. Um, Ukraine won. But England was the far more talented team in this Ukraine-England game. And this was the first time we had seen England dominate to such a scale this tournament thus far. Right? Before this game, there were a lot of questions about England. Whether they could score in massive scales. Whether they could really do it. 
This was a nail in the coffin for the Ukraine team. They never had a shot. They sc- England le- scored in the fourth minute, never looked back, scoring three other times, twice Kane, Maguire, and Henderson. This was a great masterclass of a game by England. Their talent came through. Sterling, Kane, Stone, Shaw, Walker, Mount, Rice, Phillips, Sancho, Maguire, Pickford. This team played very, very well throughout the entire 90 minutes of this game. The most dominant performance by England thus far in the tournament, I would have to say. They have not played any other team the way that they played this Ukraine team. And that set them up for a very good matchup in the semifinals versus Denmark, and Italy faced Spain. Now, going into this Italy-Spain game, well, the way that Italy just played against Belgium... You have to look at them. You have to say, well, how can we expect Spain, which has had problems throughout the tournament, just beat a Switzerland team in penalties? How can this Italy team, how is there a way that this Spain team can win? There was a way. But let's go back. Let's take a step back. Switzerland takes down France on a Mbappe miss penalty. Mbappe missed a penalty or Sommer saved it, whichever one you want to say and Spain came in, and you'd expect them to dominate the Swiss team. But Shakiri and, and outside of, I mean, look, what Spain lacked most in this tournament was talent, was class, was, was poise in the final third, right? In this Spain-Swiss game, Spain did not score. It was an own goal. Now, yes, I think Jordi Alba should have been credited with the goal, but I'm not in charge of that. Spain did not score. Shakiri tied it up in the 60th minute for Switzerland, sent to overtime, and there was a it was a red card by Froehler, which I am still, you know, quite surprised was given a red card because honestly it didn't feel like a red card to me. It really didn't. It didn't look like a red card, and I felt that the timing of the red card in the 77th minute was not appropriate, and especially in such a big game for both of these teams. But Switzerland held on. They held on until 120 minutes. Didn't allow a goal with 10 men on the field. And Spain beat him in penalties. But Spain didn't play that well. So you figure that Italy's going to really close this one out against Spain and move on to the finals. They did move on to the finals. But Spain played a masterclass of a game. If you did not watch this game, you were not living. Spain was dominant in possession, 65% on Italy, which is a very good team. And what they did was, 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 was a show of brilliance, was, was, was an absolute show of brilliance, right? They, they shut down Giorgino. They shut down that, that such important cog for Italy. Which, which made them have to counterattack and go for long balls and really have these individual play carry them to a victory, right? Which is what happened with the Chiesa goal. A beautiful, beautiful, beautiful goal right to the back corner, back, you know, side netting of the net, past Unai Simone. Great goal. But even better, I would argue, was the run by Murata, the pass to Olmo, Back to Murata, the classic one-two. Murata rolls it past Donnarumma, and that sent us really into overtime. And that and that sent us, you know, Italy, Spain, into penalties. 
And, you know, I would argue that <sighs> Daddy almost missed a penalty. He flat out missed it. So, did, I mean, Locatelli didn't have a good one. But, you know, to say this all falls on Marata is not, is, not, is not fair. Yes, it was a terrible penalty. Yes, he should be criticized for it. That I do not disagree with at all. Wholeheartedly, you have to, you have to criticize, you know, accurately. That's important, right? You can't, you can't overlook things ever. You can't over, it's important. He really, really, really needed to make that penalty, but he didn't. And it is not his fault alone that Spain lost this game. The penalty by Jorginho to end it, the hop, the roll into the back of the net, beautiful. But the way that Spain played this Italy team made me very nervous because any if any if their finals opponent could do the same thing, that could cause a lot of problems, especially if that team has a lot more talent in that final third. Their opponents, England, played against Denmark. And let's give a moment to Denmark. Because the way Denmark played throughout this tournament, losing Christian Eriksen in the very beginning, in their first match versus Finland, they lose that. They make it to the round of 16, but barely. Barely. There are only two teams with Group B that made it. Denmark was the second. But they did. And with a team that didn't have a lot of talent on it, right? Yes, they had Kier. Yes, they had Kasper Schmeichel. They had Christensen. They had Dolberg, but they had a lot of unnamed guys. And Damsgaard and Dolberg and all these guys stepped up to the plate. And give credit to, to Denmark. They beat a decent Wales team, 4-0. They beat a decent Czech team, 2-1, I believe. And they came very close to beating an England team, which, you know, it was 1-1 and it got sent to extra time. And outside of an own goal, there's really no splotches on this Denmark team. Denmark played this game exceptionally well. All right? But England is just was just more talented. Right? They they were able to control possession especially in that in, in especially in that extra time Denmark was scared. And rightfully so. This England team was great all game long. They created a lot of chances, a lot of quality chances as well. England, this team is very talented throughout the entire lineup. Pickford, Maguire, Stone, Shaw, Walker, Mount, Rice, Phillips, Kane, Sterling, Saka. Their bench players, Grealish, Trippier, Henderson, Foden. Guys that haven't come in, Rashford, Ramsdale, Bellingham. Like, this team is talented. And a well-deserved win over a, De a Denmark team that definitely had a lot to play for, right? They're playing for Christian Eriksen. They were. So where does that leave us? Well, that leaves us with our finals matchup, doesn't it? Right? That leaves us with our two teams left, Italy and England. This is a very tough... This is a first off, this is going to be a very good final. I think that goes without saying. This is going to be a very, very strong final. And I think that Italy and England have things that Denmark and... Spain did not have, respectively. England is far more talented in the final third than Spain is. And Italy's defense with Bonucci and Cigliani, 
And yes, Emerson is playing because uh, uh, Spinozola, you know, tore his Achilles. But I don't think that takes away. They're a much more sound defensive team. Denmark was very, was, was scared. Midfield, again, Italy is a much stronger team than Denmark. I feel like they have more talent. And I think England has more talent than Spain. Which makes this a very tough final to predict, but a very interesting final to watch, I would hope. <laughs> At least, at least I, I hope, right? Let's hope it's an interesting final. <sighs> a big question is, if England, right, hypothetically, can control the game the way Spain controlled Jorginho and stuff like that, I think England runs away with this one, right? We saw a huge problem. A huge problem for Italy when Jorginho was locked up. If that happens, England has far more talent in that final third than Alvaro Morata, Moreno, uh, Fernando Torres. Guys like that are far more talented than those guys. And England individually has those talent guys. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think... I don't think Italy will let that happen. Like, like, do you do you think Italy will let that happen? Personally, I think that that that's probably not going to happen. I think Italy probably learned their lesson, and I think England is going to be facing a defense that is rock solid. And not to say that that Denmark's wasn't, but this one is much more talented. And and those two center 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 backs are 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 just just sterling the way that they've played. And Donnarumma and Pickford, I think you're talking about two of the best goalies in this tournament. I think to say that one of them would have a bad game, one of them is better than the other, difficult. I think that Donnarumma's had to make more saves. And I think that Pickford hasn't, but I think that both have been equal to the task when they've been asked. Right? Both of them haven't had a bad game whatsoever. Like, like, so it makes it very difficult. I think that a problem for Italy has been Immobile. I think that they've that that final like that rush, the way they've orchestrated that final third has had problems. To have those goals, I think it's been more individual talent. Uh, Chiesa goal was again individual talent. It had it wasn't really a team goal; it was more individually, right? It was a run up on a counter attack, which is very deadly, by the way. I think England would definitely have to watch that, especially the way they play their crosses. They they do go all in on their crosses, that is for sure, for England. I think Harry Kane has had problems, but I think he's worked through them. England, you know, if they take those shots, I think if they those individual players, if Mason Mount or if Walker or if, or if Shaw or one of those guys has an excellent game. I mean, Sterling's been class all tournament long. Kane's been very good. This England team, I think, has been more consistent than Italy. I think Italy has reached higher peaks, and I think they've played better competition, which will be a shock for England. Which makes, again, there are, there are arguments I could present that would make you think, oh, Italy has got this one in the back. And there are arguments I could present that would make you say, oh, England is so far and away the better team. England is the home team. I think they're a little bit more talented. I think that they've had games where... They haven't had really any games where I was like, ooh, they're going to lose this one. Even if it was 1-1 Denmark, 
you still felt that England would score and they would win this game, right? Like, that's how I felt. Italy, that Spain game was, that was tricky. And if England can replicate that to at least a certain degree, that's going to cause problems. But Jorginho has been very good. I don't know. I think both teams will score. I think it's going to be a very, very fluid game for Italy. I think there'll be problems, but I don't think England will need to press as much because I feel like they have a little bit more confidence in their individual players, right? But I think England has more talent. And I think in the final third, they have more talent. And when it comes down to it, if you had to tell me, Michael... One of these teams will score. I think it would have to be England. I think both teams will score. I think it's going to be 1-1. I think in the 70th or 80th minute, England will score again. Maybe Mount, maybe Kane, maybe Sterling. I don't really know. But I think one of them will score. I think England has that extra bit of class. An extra bit... That Italy lacks offensively. I think midfield-wise, I think defensively, they're more experienced. They're all, less mistakes will happen. But England kind of lives with those mistakes, don't they? And while they are not the strongest team in terms of formations and stuff like that, in terms of passing, it's very difficult to beat them because they have so many guys who can do so much. Italy, I feel like, lacks that just a little bit. A little bit more than England. I feel like they lack that that extra like like I don't know how what to what to describe it as. But I think that England can overcome one player being shut down for a game, right? Italy, I can't say the same. If Jorginho is shut down, I think that causes a lot of problems. I think England will win two to one in regulation. But I could see Italy winning. They have a very solid defense. I could see them giving up no goals. And I could see Chiesa going down the field. Immobile, Chiesa, goal. Simple as that. But something tells me that this England talent, one of these guys, step young, one of these young guys, this England team is incredibly young. One of these young guys is going to step up to the plate and is going to be the man of the hour for England, man of the match. And he's going to create those chances that England needs to push them through to a Euro victory. it I think it is coming home. I really do. I do think England, Italy can definitely win this game. That's not what I'm saying. I think, it's gonna, I think it's one of those games where both these teams are incredibly good. we got a great finals matchup. It is not one team or the other that is, is clear-cut to win. But one of these teams does have to win. So, and I think that's England. I just think that they have a little bit more talent, and that's going to serve them well. That's all I've got today. Euro 2020 final, even though it's in 2021. July 11th, I will be tuning in. It should be a great game. Make sure to tune into the Copa America final. Argentina versus Brazil. Will Messi capture his first international title with Italy, or with Argentina? We shall see. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of The Master Plan. Have a great day. The game on the line. One shot. Who would you rather have?
taking it. Iggy or Curry? Of everyone on Golden State. Open shot. Fate of the universe on the line, or the Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth. You better hit it. I want Iguadala 